the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Papa's on a rolling stone. Mama teased them pearls in vogue. Just write a number on the matchbox and leave. Now we'll call you in the morning, Cree. Upon us like a storm in the sky, too. A home that don't fuss and don't fight You're an outlaw You're an actor You're whatever you Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is a bonus episode featuring Chris Catalina. Chris is a singer and songwriter originally from Texas, whose gorgeous self-titled record will be released on November 1st. I can't say enough about these songs and the way that Chris delivers them, y'all. It's an outstanding record, an example of which is the song that you're hearing. That song is called Papa's on a Rolling Stone. The record, again, comes out on November 1st, and I'm so excited for y'all to get a chance to listen. I'm incredibly grateful for Chris's time and for how deep he went on his process. We caught up by phone, which typically we would release as a website-exclusive episode, but I'm going to start releasing them both on the website and then also as bonus episodes because we've had so many amazing conversations and I want as many people as possible to get a chance to hear the insight that our artists that we've got a chance to talk to are giving us. There's some true gems in there and I'm really fired up about all the things that we've done and all the things that we have coming up as well. You can follow all things Marinade at marinadepodcast.com, including bonus episodes and our feature episodes, as well as my own concert photography and some of my writing. Also, give us a follow and a rating on your podcast app, please. It makes a big difference for us. It also makes a huge difference if you tell a friend if you like what we're doing. And find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you just type in Marinade Podcast, you can find us. Everyone, I am so honored for this opportunity. My conversation with Chris Catalina. With reality somewhere else so far. Hey man, is that any better? Yeah, it's clearer now. Yeah. Oh, great. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't really understand. I could understand like every other word. Oh, bummer, man. Well, but this is all good. Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, great, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, my pleasure is. Uh, 
good to meet you. Yeah, likewise. The, uh, I've been um, I've been devouring the record, man. Your your self titled record comes out on November first, and um, it's wonderful. It like uh, there's this the first thing that came to mind after one listen through, and I'm telling you, I've had it on just repeat the last few days. But the first time through, uh, I was like, man, this sounds like it feels like I should say the soundtrack to a, a Coen Brothers film. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I think I put. I think I put. I put that in my box. I thought I like wrote. I, I wrote that down for uh, for the record label. That's what I told the record label that oh. my life feels like a weird, a weird Coen Brothers movie. Oh, no that's joke. funny. That's, I didn't read that in any of the press stuff. That's really funny. That's so weird. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I thought I was just making a funny joke, but I guess it's true. It, it, it uh, comes through, I guess. <laughs> well, let's get into it then, man. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So uh, the what I did read is that inspiration for the record um, kind of came around the time that you were working at a horse riding facility. Um, can, you, can you walk us through that inspiration? And then I kind of want to get a little more granular about the, the process that led to this record because I just think it's beautiful. Well, uh, Thanks for saying so. Uh, yeah, I, I worked. Uh, it was 2017, and I and I worked. I took a job helping this old lady start her uh, Texas branch for her summer camp for dyslexic kids, and she's one of the most prominent uh, teachers for dyslexic children in the world. Her name was Dr. Joyce Billgrave, and she was like a John Hopkins PhD, and. Uh, just a real brilliant lady, but she needed me to work the tractor and chainsaw and like clear a bunch of land and get the land ready for about two dozen horses they were bringing in for the summer camp. And it was like <clears throat> just a crazy top notch summer camp real in between Fredericksburg and Kerrville near Lukenbach, Texas, like way out in the hill country in the middle of nowhere. So basically I moved off of a cow farm our family cow farm is in Bryan, Texas. And I moved from working that and living there at the farm to move into this, this other spot, which was kind of a more luxurious, you know, in a way, not for me, I was living in the back house of a garage with no running water, but with access to the, the big house. Mm. Uh, but, but I was like kind of living like a ranch dog for pretty well about four months getting this stuff ready. And, I mean, I was almost strictly listening to Bob Dylan and Alan Lomax recordings and Michael Hurley and stuff like that. And like I mean, a lot of the Hill Country music, that's mostly the Alan Lomax recordings, though, is what I'd be listening to on the tractor. And while I was, you know, doing all this, this ranch work and typically at the end of the end of the day, which was when the sun went down, I would try to get some songs together you know, mm -hmm. and they started happening that way. Okay. There were a few that I, there were a few that I wrote when I uh, actually got to Los Angeles kind of spontaneously, but, but yeah, the great majority of them were written after just working my butt off on the ranch and then just having the enough energy to pick the guitar. And <laughs> yeah, that's which tough. Which, 
which wasn't every night, you know, a lot of some nights I was too damn tired to even take my shoes off or right. my shoes on, you know, it was like pretty kind of a rough, a rough, a roughness to that. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of feel like, um, there's something super valuable I've noticed about not necessarily just plain old seclusion, but, uh, taking a lot of stimulation away from yourself in the mm. forms of like what you might experience at New York city or Los Angeles or a big city or even Austin, Texas for that matter. Like just, there's a, I don't know, there's a lot of inspiration to be gained from taking yourself out of an exciting place and just being somewhere working hard, working your butt off for a while and then pushing yourself into the big city I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's my cycle in life. That's what that's kind of like a cycle I've been on is go work a ranch real hard, work a farm, go work the family farm real hard, and then try to save money and get to the big city. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's that. I guess that's kind of the the origins of the song, though, was that this this horse ranch. So are they like you're out there working in the field? You're 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 doing the hard work. Are the and you're listening to Alan Lomax and and uh, and Dylan and all this. Are the ideas coming while you're working? Are they coming after the work is done? No, it's always just the after the fact okay. thing. It was it was almost always. Well, I would never really even try to think about it. And sometimes that would happen just like like I do a lot of paint paint work too where I'm just painting in a warehouse and it's dead silent and that's very inspiring too sometimes that'll sometimes that will inspire like a melody or maybe some words while I'm working but typically while I was I was just trying to not get bit by a rattlesnake or get a tick or you know like I mean we're talking about clearing like seven foot tall you know uh, patches of like just the nastiest invasive species of plants you've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah, usually, actually, 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 one one afternoon, like I, I just started cussing at the uh, at the milk this the thistle. They call them milk thistle. Mm-hmm. And if you in Texas in the hill country, if you let them grow wild, they'll get ten feet tall. Oh, wow. And uh, I did. I wrote a song for the old lady about chopping thistle. Like while I was doing it, but but it wasn't a song to record. It was just something funny for for the ranch lady. I thought she was like in her mid eighties, yeah. So she was like, so a lot of the songs I would I would that I, after I got them I would kind of try them out on her. She oh, was nice. always asking me. She was always asking me. You know, she was real curious. She's um. You could imagine maybe, you know, like she's kind of old fashioned or whatever, but I kind of appreciated some of that. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't ever let her catch me smoking or anything <laughs> and, uh, or drink or, or drinking, no smoking and no drinking. Um, but I would try out most of the songs on her and not just her, but like as the summer camp got along going, it was a regular, they asked me to stay on as a summer camp counselor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I helped, I helped take care of five of the five, 13 year old boys that came that were there for the, for they were there for six weeks. And I was helping in the poetry composition classes, helping them write poetry. And, but every day at sundown, there was a 
circle up meeting and often I would, they would ask me to play little thread, which at the time I just, they just called it play the apple tree song. <laughs> and so a lot of times I would play, you know, camp songs like you're my sunshine or, mm-hmm. uh, this land is your land stuff like, you know, like summer camp campy stuff. But, yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty cool. They like it was pretty encouraging to to see like a positive reaction from not just a really old ranch lady, but like teenage you know teenagers and younger kids even that you know maybe that maybe they didn't understand what I was talking about, but mm-hmm. you know they yeah, could at least appreciate they're appreciative of it. Yeah, I mean kids kids have remarkable bullshit meters, and the maybe the biggest yeah, goal of a songwriter so, is authenticity, right? Like they're gonna know whether you're faking it or not, you know? Yeah, yeah, they they they. I think maybe they did a they didn't ever say anything like that, but maybe like deep down they did a. They were like, oh, okay, this is just this. You know, our counselor wrote this song while he was like, you know, sitting in his van smoking at night when he. Wasn't sure if it was supposed to be smoking or not. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there weren't strict rules about the smoking and drinking. You just understood. Well, you know, well once the kid, once the kid, you know, I had an assistant. So once the kids went to sleep, I would get in my van sometimes and drive to Lukenbach to dance hall and drink a beer. Right. So that was like my hangout spot. I don't know if you know where you, I don't know that part of the country. Not very. You know well. what I'm talking about? I, I just you probably, from songs. You probably. <laughs> Yeah, Waylon and Willie wrote a song about Luke yeah. and Buck. And then there's the Kerrville uh, Folk Festival there. I know. I went to that too. That was almost right across the street from the ranch. Yeah, oh, I went wow. to the. It was it was going on like right at the almost went right before the kids got there. So I went to the Kerrville Festival, and I tried to win a songwriters contest, but I did not win. <laughs> that was I, probably some I tried stiff competition, man. I wouldn't beat myself up about that one. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Con- and I made friends with the guy that won. And he was like, man, maybe he he liked my song. He liked uh, the song I sang, but. Was it won. one from it the was, new record or did you write it? Like, what does that look like? Did you have to write it there? Or? No, I, no I, I sang Little Thread to okay. them and I sang Papa's on Rolling Stone to them, which is another song that's coming out in a couple of days, I think. Oh, cool. We've got a next single dropping in a few days, maybe. Nice. Both of those are great. Yeah. I mean, everything on this thing is great. Uh, Go to Heaven really hits me, and do, the, the last two especially, Due Time and Go to Heaven, both hit me pretty hard. Man, yeah, those are kind of heartbreakers. Were, um, are, were those around the same – did they come together around the same time? Well, I was looking through my some notes of mine, like, the other day, trying to – I was just thinking about some chronology the other day and I wrote the line, I don't want to go to heaven without you. I wrote that line like maybe a year before I recorded that. And I was in Los Angeles in the fall of 2017 near actually near the, you know, December I was recording, I was actually recording that song. And I got, I'd say like 80% of the lyrics of that song I got, you know, right before I went into the studio, just kind of, you know, a lucky, lucky, lucky break to get the words. And, um, like the, that was the last song we were recording in the Topanga Canyon studio over there at Kyle Malarkey's. And, uh, 
so we recorded we tracked that and the tape ran out mm. we were recording on you know on the analog and the tape ran out and the next morning i woke up and started painting because i was painting kyle's house ranch house in order to pay for the record because oh, i didn't wow. have any money yeah and uh so so <laughs> i mean That's the cool. city have, have hollywood have broken me actually <laughs> and spiritually and financially <laughs> i've been been over backwards by hollywood with no grease and uh and so but i got to but i got to topanga and i got to record and what, the night we ran out of tape the next morning i was painting and uh my grandma had passed away oh, no. which was really kind of bizarre because i was thinking about her like uh, i was thinking about a older person like not wanting to necessarily be gone but also go also accepting death and that you're going to you know in the hope that you would be reunited with your loved one which in her case was my grandfather her husband and mm. so i was kind of that's kind of what i was thinking about i mean the verses are kind of like you know a bit woe as me uh mm -hmm. Am I ever going to have kids kind of thing? Am I too old to have kids, basically? You know, because I'm looking around, a lot of my friends have kids, and I don't have kids. And not saying that I'm begging for kids. I'm just saying sometimes you get to wondering, hey, what's in it? What's in store for yourself, you know? Yeah. But then the chorus was definitely about, was channeling her, which kind of felt weird the next day because, uh, I mean, she had been expecting the past. Like she was 97 mm. and, uh, but she was my best friend and it was real, still real sad. It was like, I just bought my tickets to go home for Christmas Damn. when I got that, when I got that news. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was a couple of years ago and still think about her a lot, but that's, that's kind of the, the origin and the ending of that song. Um, due time I got, at the ranch in Austin, whenever I was like, whenever I was at the ranch, I was only allotted one day off um, break. Wow, so wow. I would be able to leave for 24 hours. You can leave this ranch. And it took me two hours to get to Austin and mm. two hours to get back. So I wouldn't sleep. I would just go to Austin and I would like take these caffeine pills, the mini fins from the gas station. Mm. And I would just stay awake and try to get back to the ranch. Wow. And due time was writ written after leaving the young lady's house that told me never to come back because I had like, I think I had, uh, I had create I I was had a big time crush on this young woman and I'd only seen her a few times but Man. she was really special and so I, I got this artist at the Kerrville Folk Festival to make a caricature of us riding horses together, and I I laminated it. And evident, and you know, like, and now in retrospect, I realize that is insane. Like, you go on <laughs> three dates with, three dates with the girl, and then act like you're married or something, you know. But right. <laughs> that's <something> low. <laughs> the, the, but when you're in it, man, you know, when you're in it, like everything seems hey, like such a good idea. Yeah, it seemed brilliant, you know, an artist too. He was like, "Yeah, this is a great idea." You know, I guess I didn't tell him that I only had a few. He probably thought I was engaged to her or something. Yeah, but yeah. Well, but also I artists wish. can be such romantics too, you know, about some of that shit. So maybe yeah, he maybe he really agreed with you, you know. Let's hold on, just one sec. Sure.
Yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling for a while. I was like, actually, Kyle, my producer, made me take a promise that I would not propose to a woman that I haven't known for at least six months. And uh, <laughs> I, loose, I, agreed, I loosely agreed to that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Because I did go through a lot, you know, like, I don't know. I was doing the math the other day, and I'm pretty sure I proposed to about six or seven young women in the last two years. and Oh, wow. And I'm pretty sure a song came out of each one of that each time. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a benefit to that for sure. So are, do you just fall hard? Like, is that your, is that part of who you are? You fall hard for, for women? Well, I'm, I married the first girl I ever kissed. Oh, wow. Uh, I, married, I married my school sweetheart, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess I ain't been right my whole life basically i'm not like a normal person like oh let's just see where this is going kind of guy mm-hmm. which which like 99 percent of uh young women that it scares the shit out of i'm sorry if i, if I can should i not even say a cuss you, you can say <laughs> all the is fucking clean cuss word? words you <laughs> all the goddamn cuss words you fucking desire it. man yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, most young women are scared, you know, and I cannot totally get, I totally do not begrudge, you know, any of the aversion I've encountered. Right. I totally get it, you know, but it's also, it is me. And, and you know, you feel, it's like, what do you feel worse? Uh, not being yourself or, mm-hmm. or just, or, you know, playing it safe. Like uh, that, Chris Christopherson has a good song about that. That says, uh, "I won't know till it's over if it's right or wrong loving you, but I'd rather be sorry for something I'd done than something I never did do." Oh, wow. I don't know if you. Heard. Oh, that's good. It's good. That's that's kind of, that's kind of the yeah. That's kind of my mindset in a way. I guess it's it's such a hard balance. I'm I'm definitely a romantic, but I think early on. Um, you know, when you're figuring it all out, high school or whatever, middle school, <laughs> high school, when you're figuring it all out, I would, I, I would get the caricature drawn and laminate it, and uh, and all of that, and and then I think the reason I shifted, I, I shifted who I was in that way, mostly because I realized how unsuccessful I was being, and I'm not <laughs> trying to throw yeah. shade at you for this, but, but I, I real, I was like, well, hell, if I want oh, these, like. I want this to continue. I really like being with women. This is that part's cool. So I just, I think I just shifted everything because I was like, man, I am scaring these people because I'm falling oh, yeah. so hard. Yeah, it's hard though. Man, women keep themselves in really good shape and they read books and they're really, you know, <laughs> they're incredible creatures. You know, yeah. they read a lot more than us and they're just like they're more special than us. So it's <laughs> yeah. hard not to go nuts over. It's so true. More, more attractive, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They got it figured out for sure. Um, the, you mentioned, uh, we were talking about go to heaven and how the line came to you. And then later the song came, is that a, a common occurrence for you when you're writing? Uh, do you write things down in a notebook somewhere or put them in a phone or something like that and then return to them? I do. I, I do. I try to. I have like a, a Radio Shack cassette tape recorder, mm. and I have uh, an i 
phone with the voice memos and I have uh, note, notebooks full of words. And it's kind of, sometimes it's a cut and paste uh, kind of process where like I'll have something, a line or, or a riff that I really want to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And I'll tuck it away. And then there are times where, like, like Little Thread, for instance, like I wrote just driving uh, away from someone, just dr- on a drive, like on a 30-minute drive. I heard the song in my head, and I got to the park, and I wrote it. Mm-hmm. So there's and there's some, the song called Sometimes, the same thing with that. Like, there's probably, I don't know, maybe, like, 80% of these songs on this record were written just with, then like you know maybe I, you could probably say i don't know i would guess like an hour or so like sometimes it'll take wow it just depends i mean it depends like like go to heaven is special and that i held on to that line yeah and i held on to a few chords that i was playing with it but i didn't even get anywhere near where i wound up mm. that makes sense like that was one that was that was one that kind of I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. So, but in the, but we had a really good drummer and uh, Nick Murray came in to play session p- drums and we he'd never heard the song before mm-hmm. and we just cut cut it live with me on the roads and him on the drums in the same room like feeding off of each other's energy, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I feel like a pretty good way to do it if you're if you're not exactly sure where you're going but most of the other songs were mapped out written down song sheets in the book written under with under an hour or whatever and just like put away are the lyrics coming first or the melody is the melody coming first or are they coming together for you um it's it very like it's it's i've noticed it happen both ways yeah I mean that's kind of hard to say like it seems I feel like most times I'll hear like a, some kind of uh melody for a vocal. Yeah. And then I'll try to like like tune in on to uh well what are some words that match that mood. Mm. Um my my mom was a writing teacher and so like I'm really uh I don't know I'm kind of particular not not that I'm some good writer or anything but uh she is but uh and she taught me like how to not be a bad writer i feel like well i mean if this yeah this record's any indication you're a very good writer i mean i'm just trying not to like make dumb mistakes you know like Mm -hmm. she she's she's i should i have showed my mom some of my lyrics and and she thinks like i think i wrote a song called uh I can't honestly wait. I don't remember which one. she she'll make a comment on grammatical stuff. That's all the shit yeah. I get. So I guess I'm doing. I guess it's okay. Like she hasn't like commented that I'm writing about needless, you know, crap. So yeah, I don't ever I think. think she, man, that's an interesting point. I don't like. I write songs and I don't think about grammar at all when I write songs. I think I really key yeah. in on it if I'm writing a review. Or um, like I'm working on a novel right now, so I'm really hyper aware of that. But when I write Whoa. a song, I don't even, f- I don't even consider grammar. 
Well, sometimes it's better to be a little off. Yeah, I reminded my mom about the Hank Williams songbooks that my dad gave me when I was like 14. I was like, you see right there, he says, ain't three times in this song. <laughs> <You know? laughs> ending like every, you know, ending on a preposition all the time. And right. <laughs> <all kinds. laughs> no, I tried not to pay attention to that, but that's like the only critique I've gotten from my mom is that uh, it ain't necessarily grammatically great. Right. So but I'll get there some, some, someday. <laughs> um, so thank you. This is more than I could have possibly asked for. This is awesome. And thank you so much for everything. I, I did want to ask you about a couple of like a couple of uh, deeper in your history moments. Um, what like uh-huh. there's a thing in your um, in the press kit for this. There's a, a just a line about you living with the Black Angels and then the Brian Jonestown massacre. Um, and I just think that's so interesting. Like, were you friends with those folks before? Did like, can you talk a little bit about um, what that looked like? Well, I met, um, I met, I was living in, when, when I got married, I was like super young. I was like 25 years old when I moved to Austin from my small hometown, Brian. And those, mm-hmm. that band, the black angels were there in Austin at that time, just getting started. Mm-hmm. And I met, I met Alex, the singer, and Christian at a gig, and uh, we got along really good. And eventually, I like at the time when I met them, I was married. But when you know we were just close, close, fast friends. And when I got divorced, that's uh, that's that's kind of just where I fell into because they had they had this big house, and eventually I felt like. And I lived there for about a year in Austin with them, oh, wow. which was a really, really cool experience. And that Chris, it was Christian and Alex and Stephanie, the drummer, all living in this big house. And they're really sweet people. And they, you know, it's then I kind of felt the pull to Los Angeles. And uh, actually, you know, like my girlfriend at the time was moving to Los Angeles, was having some success, I guess. You guys and, have been you guys uh, have been want, dated want, for a week, so you decided to move there with her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we've been out three times, so I figured this is it, right? Uh, but I, but I, but when I got to Los Angeles, I really didn't know where I was going to live. And uh, Nate Ryan, who is, was was playing in the Black Angels, uh, said, "Hey, I know this fella down named Rob or whatever that he needs a roommate." And uh, turned out it was yeah. I went from one nut house to the next, <laughs> you know, from one from one cra- from one crazy bin to the next one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the, and I went to this this fellow Rob Campanella's house who has like a nice studio, and it, it was lucky to be over there. And because um, he had so much, uh, he has a beautiful piano, and yeah. he even wound up recording some music for me before I knew anything about what i was doing you know i yeah. sometimes you like i wouldn't say i regret my first album but i definitely look back on it like with and see some space you know between what i just did and what i did when i started out and uh there's a lot of like growing pains in that space right a lot of a lot of learning there but it was exciting to be in that house like it was 
it was kind of you know Anton would come to town and Rob would be like oh you know you gotta you gotta vacate the room because Anton's in town so I would get in my van and drive to the beach and sleep in my van a few days we would hang out too like I'd hang out I just couldn't sleep there yeah Anton came there were times where the whole band was in town getting ready for a gig and I would and it would be like an insane it was like the headquarters it was like this little weird Hollywood headquarters in this band. There's um, that is so were, romantic in my mind. <laughs> they're so really, cool. really, really sweet maniacs. You know, don't get <laughs> don't get too close to too many of them. You know, uh huh. That would be that would be my only advice. <laughs> well, I'll take that advice if it ever if the opportunity ever presents itself. Man, Chris, thank you so much for this time. Uh, the record comes out on November 1st. It's wonderful. And I'm so grateful for the, the art that you've made and that you took a little time to talk with us. I appreciate you having me call in. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Real nice to meet you. Likewise. Cheers. Have a good day. Thanks, Bye. man. You too. Bye. <laughs>